Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, got to be honest with you, man. We already tried this once, and I don't know if it's the, the powers that be are just not going to let us do this podcast or this episode of the Bama on three show because maybe it's too much rat poison or maybe it's not enough. Um, you know, I don't know what, what the problem is, but we already tried to record. Things are not technology is not being cooperative, but uh, either way, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing great. And uh, that's a shame because uh, I'm real eager about not only the podcast, but, but to play again, uh, I, I'm, I'm convinced that we're a better team than, than, than what we looked like last week. It's just a matter of eliminating or, or reducing, you'll never eliminate them, but reducing the mistakes uh, as bad as it was. I just don't think A&M lined up and, and beat us. There was just some, some things we could have done better that would have, uh, would have resulted in a different outcome. And to me, that's about what this weekend is about is about uh, reducing those errors and mistakes. And if we just play clean, I think we can beat everyone that's left on our regular season schedule. Completely agree. Um, And, and, you know, with Mississippi state coming up and that's what we're going to be talking about today. um, You know, it's a, it's a road trip to Starkville. You've already gone to Gainesville. You've gone to college station and now, you know, you get another road test. And from a crowd perspective, it's maybe not going to be as hostile as, you know, uh, Kyle Field or, you know, the Swamp. But, you know, with those cowbells, they can make up for a lot of noise deficiencies and they can create their own issues. Um, so it's going to be a, a tough place to play. And after what we saw last week, and a lot of those guys, and Nick Saban's talked about it, there were a lot of players who suffered their first loss you know, kind of had maybe gotten into that mindset of we're Alabama, you know, we're going to beat everybody regardless of, you know, um, how good or bad they are just because we're Alabama. And that's not the way it works. And I think some guys had to learn that the hard way. And so what I'm looking for this week is to see Alabama bounce back and, you know, they not only win the game, but look sharp, don't have those issues offensively, defensively on special teams, you know, make sure you're tackling on, on kickoff coverage, um, doing the little things that it takes to win a football game, not just, you know, it, Mississippi State, I think they're a pretty good football team. I mean, when you look at their schedule and you look at the teams that they've played, they've lost two games, yes, but they were by a combined five points. Uh, one of the losses was LSU. We do know LSU is not that great, but it was a close game. And then, you know, the other being Memphis, they lost by, you know, less than a field goal as well. You know, Memphis, I understand that's a non-power five team, but, I think that Mississippi State can cause you some issues. Um, so kind of just going into into the the matchup, what are some key things that you're kind of looking for or what are some initial thoughts on Mississippi State as Alabama travels to Starkville? Well, Alabama has played two road games, and here, here's a shocking similarity in both. They scored 31 offensive points in both games because seven of the points in, in College Station were from special teams. 
So Alabama scored 31 on the road twice. Uh, I don't think Mississippi State has the athletes on defense that A&M and Florida have, but I, I hope that we see that floor of 31 and, and maybe get another touchdown or two or, or some field goals, just kind of be more productive points-wise because, again, we've set kind of a floor at 31 on the road in these games, and Mississippi State shouldn't be quite as good defensively as like a Texas A&M. Uh, uh, defensively, what we just need to see is better tackling. That's the key to facing a Mike Leach team. They spread you out. They also want to throw the ball quickly. They're not so much going to, you know, run, you know, go routes and, and posts and verticals, you know, all day long. Uh, what they really try to do is get rid of the ball quickly uh, and, and force you to make good tackles in, in space. And I know that we're very capable of that, but it's been a problem. Uh, it, it's 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 something that we have made some errors on, and that's what specifically has to improve to have success in this game, tackling well, tackling by the secondary in space. That is the number one thing. You're 100% correct. And, and out of all the things that I want to see from Alabama, you want to see better play calling in the red zone when they get down there. You know, you want to see, you know, not having the kind of drop off. You know, you have uh, periods of time where you'll go three and out a couple times in a row. Alabama's had that issue at times. You want to see the penalties get cleaned up. But the number one thing is, you know, swarming to the football and making tackles consistently. Uh, you have way too many guys. It just doesn't seem like Alabama, you know, defenders right now are doing a great job of finding their way to the football. You don't see a whole lot of gang tackling. You see a lot of one-on-one -on -one tackles that are being missed. Guys need to be swarming the football and helping out. And when you have that, when you have three or four guys attempting to make the tackle, you know, you'll, you'll end up, you know, one guy might end up missing or they might slip off of them, but you got two guys ready there to clean it up. And and so that's how the whole process defensively works. And it's not going to be the, like that every time. I mean, there's going to be situations where you have to make one-on-one -on -one solo tackles, but when the opportunities present themselves, you know, rally to the football and, and help your teammates out and just play with some energy and some fire. It just seems like there's way too much, you know, looking and waiting for the other guy to make the play and just expecting him to. And then the tackle gets missed, and now you're left scrambling, and now you're trying to chase them down when really you should have been – I mean, don't assume. Go fly down there and, and help make a tackle. Uh, so that is one of the top things that I want to see too. And, and personally, and we'll see, um, I think it, it, it does not bode well for Alabama if they go into this game and they are they, – they keep continuing to have this philosophy of, you know, um, we're going to take it easy. You know, we're not too interested in – you know, uh, if, if they it's like they've had this entitlement because they're Alabama up to this point. And now that you've suffered a loss, that mentality has to change. And, and if it doesn't change, and I'm, I'm not talking about next week or the week after, I'm talking about this week. You've been presented with a challenge. Your backs are against the wall. How does Alabama respond, both offensively and defensively and special teams? You know, like I said, you know, you give up a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. How does your kick coverage look? You know, seeing guys respond in a positive manner and showing improvement from last week, I think is going to be very important for Alabama this week. So I understand it's Mississippi state. I understand some fans look at this game and they think it's an sec opponent. Um, they can cause some issues, but Alabama should be fine. I'm not too worried about this game going in. This team just went on the road and beat Texas A&M, the same Texas A&M team that just beat Alabama. So just that in itself has now given Mississippi state the belief. It might be a small, uh, you know, glimmer of hope, but it's hope that, hey, if we do the things that we need to do, we can beat Alabama as well. Now, one question that I had for you 
is we do see Mike Leach offenses throwing the football a ton, not really running it. You know, and they do utilize the running backs quite a bit out of the backfield. I mean, when you look at their, you know, Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, both those two guys, 69 combined catches this year, 402 yards and two touchdowns. They love finding those guys out of the backfield. Uh, but as far as utilizing them as runners, haven't really done it up to this point. Now, because Alabama is preparing so heavily to stop a passing game, do you think Mississippi State, it would be possible, and, and here's the thing, Mike Leach is very stubborn, so I don't necessarily know that I think he's going to do this, but if I were Mike Leach, looking at it from the, the opposing team's perspective, I might throw you know some inside runs, kind of like they did against LSU a little bit at Alabama, because I think that it would catch them off guard, and if you're them, you want to be creating early momentum, kind of like Texas A&M did, and then it's a matter of fending Alabama off and, and doing those counter punches like A&M was able to achieve if you were Mike Leach, would that be a strategy that you would use or would you keep banging your head against the wall doing the same thing you do pretty much every week? Well, you have to do something a little different. I think when you're playing against someone that you know is more athletic and more talented than you are, it's crazy to play them what I would call straight up. Like Leach goes into the game with exactly the plan that Alabama prepared for. I think there will be at minimum a wrinkle or two, and you could be right about that inside run. But one thing that, that, that you've already cited that's going to give Mike Leach a great deal of comfort is I don't know that covering backs out of the backfield is something Alabama does really well. <laughs> I, think, I think that might be what they hang their hat on here. It might be like, okay, well, we know we can find some yards if we do this. They might not do it all game long because uh, Alabama can find some answers to that, but they might do it at – a few but opportune times, you know, and and I think that will be sort of the back-breaking play for us. Alabama, on the other hand, is going to be very conscious of this. They know, Alabama knows they're going to do that. So the inside linebackers, 10 and 8, they're going to be, you know, on, on duty. You know, they're going to be like, okay, that back's going to run out in the flat and I got to go with him. And if mentally they get a head start on that, now they're very uh, vulnerable to the inside run. As soon as the ball snapped, they start running. They take one step towards the flats, and they're dead if, there, if there's a ball, if there's a, a play that comes right up the middle. So, yeah, I mean, I tell you, Leach is a lot about matchups, and, and that's really what so much game planning is. I, I, I know a lot of game planning is complicated, but at its most simple level, and Alabama does this, at its most simple level, you watch the other team's defense for a few games, and you're not looking for, for plays so much as you're looking for players. And by that, I mean, who can we take advantage of here? Who's not really good? Who's not doing a great job on their assignments? Who is a guy that we can win a matchup with? And 10 and 8, unfortunately, ha you know, have shown that they can be beat. You can you can beat those guys. They can uh, produce some negative plays for the Alabama defense. So I think between the inside runs and the throws to the backs, I think that's an area that Leach might feel like he can win. I bet he also feels he can win by picking on the safeties a little bit. So what I think is you're going to see just a lot of plays to the middle of the field. And if there's plays outside the numbers, it's basically what amounts to wheel routes where they're trying to get a defensive end or a, or a linebacker in coverage 
down the field because I think I think that's where you can beat Alabama, and and that's exactly what Leach is looking for. Well, speaking of middle of the field, you know one one way that most teams who have played Alabama have tried to utilize uh, attacking the middle of the field is a tight end. You know, um, you've seen them struggle against tight ends. Now, Mike Leach doesn't utilize a tight end. He doesn't utilize a fullback. You know, you're going to be seeing four wide, five wide, pretty much the entire game. And, you know, that creates situations where you got slot receivers pretty much on both sides, regardless of formation. So for Mississippi State, they have four different players now. It was three. You had Austin Williams, Jaden Wally, and Jameer Calvin. All three of those guys have been playing in a lot of their snaps out of the out of the slot, and they all have 200-plus snaps. Now, this walk-on Christian Ford, he came on strong against Texas A&M when Mississippi State up th- upset them just a couple of weeks ago. He played, you know, a career high in snaps. I think he played like 24 out of uh, the 56 snaps that he's played this year against A&M. He had four catches for 40 yards. So now, you know, they're trending towards having four different players that they can rotate in there in the slot and really try to attack you early and often with the inside, uh, you know, passes and things like that. You know, you got Makai Polk out there on the perimeter. Uh, he's been a fantastic receiver so far this year. Um, and Josh Job, the fact that he lines up at left cornerback and Polk's going to line up at as the right receiver, um, you know, that's you're going to see a lot of Job versus Polk. And, and I think from a size perspective, uh, Job matches up fairly well. He's 6'1", 194 pounds. Polk's like 6'3", 200, so he's a little bit bigger. But from a physicality standpoint, from, you know, just, you know, it's not like it's going to be some, you know, um, smaller, shiftier receiver that can really run routes well. I think those are areas where you can get Job into a little bit of trouble. And, you know, he hadn't been as physical maybe as I thought he was going to be this season, but he's still a a good physical player who's going to be able to handle those kind of guys fairly well. So even though, you know, Polk leads Mississippi State in both targets, you know, I think he's first in the the SEC in targets and, and receptions. I don't really see him having as big of a game against Alabama as he has against some of these other teams. I more so see them, you know, utilizing the backside of the backfield and utilizing the, all those different slot receiver options that they have. And that's why I think this game is so important for guys like Malachi Moore and Brian Branch. And you mentioned the safeties, you mentioned, uh, you know, the inside linebackers and you're hundred percent correct, but you know, two other guys who have to help as far as those quick swing passes and stuff, getting over the top of the receivers, filling uh, rushing lanes or, or running lanes once they have the ball in their hands, it's going to be more, it's going to be branch. And then they also are being tasked with covering those slot receivers. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting day because where Alabama struggled, which is what, you know, you were talking about and what I've, you know, uh, kind of elaborated on a little bit is making open field tackles. And with Mississippi state's offense, they put you in a lot of positions where you have to. So do you believe in their chances of being able to clean that stuff up? Uh, I do. Uh, I don't know that it will all happen suddenly as something over time. Uh, So basically what we need is a cleaner performance. It's never going to be perfect. Uh, One thing to to bring up, though, um, you know, when you're talking about Mississippi State's alignment, this will be the first time all season Alabama spends the majority of the game in dime personnel because Mississippi State's standard offensive personnel is uh, 10 personnel, 1-0, one back, no tight end four wides. That's the typical uh, package Mississippi State has. Well, when we play teams that are in 10, we respond to that in dime. If they put four receivers on the field, Alabama will have six defensive backs. Uh, And what that means is uh, 
But here's one good thing. Well, I got a lot to say about that. But here's one good thing that it means is Alabama's been in nickel rabbits almost the entire season. They played less of it versus A&M than, than they had in the previous five games. But now we're going right back to a rabbit situation. Alabama will be in dime rabbit almost the whole game, which means two defensive linemen and two outside linebackers will be the primary rushers. Most likely Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, uh, at least as the starters. But when you've got those four guys up front and six guys that are defensive backs, four plus six is 10, that only leaves one. That means that in, since Alabama's in dime, that actually Alabama's going to take off one of the outside linebackers pretty frequently. My guess is that would be Christian Harris because I think they're going to want 10 out there to uh, to direct traffic. I, I, think, I think he's more important to getting the team lined up. So we might actually see a little less of eight and more of Branch and Malachi Moore. I mean, they're, they're, you know, one of those two is the sixth defensive back. When we go to six DBs, probably Branch, because Branch often lines up that money spot. So Brian Branch will be lining up where Christian Harris normally lines up. And that will help us uh, when they throw to the backs because very often it'll be Brian Branch on that guy and not uh, a Christian Harris. But one thing that I think is advantageous to Alabama is we've played so much rabbit. There's been so much, uh, so many snaps for those outside linebackers that, uh, that that won't be new to us. But what will be new, like I said, is dime. We normally play dime less than 10% of snaps in a game. Uh, it's going to be more like 70% on, uh, on Saturday. And the thing about Mississippi State's offense that I think in some ways helps Alabama's defense is you're right. They have been using a lot of the, you know, two defensive linemen, two outside linebackers as defensive ends. That has hurt Alabama at times as far as their ability to stop the run. You, you know, you have more, you know, have you have less size out there on the edges. Um, and also just the kind of, of quarterbacks and offenses that Alabama's played, you know, whether it be Matt Corral and Ole Miss, whether it be Emory Jones in Florida, um, you know, and last week was not the case with Zach Calzada, and he was able to win from the pocket. But Alabama has struggled uh, at times because they're so worried about the quarterback run, they haven't been able to really pin their ears back and have their pass rushers just get after the quarterback. And, and in this particular game, uh, you know, they should have the ability or the opportunities to be able to do that a little bit more. So I would expect, uh, especially their uh, exterior pass rush, I would expect them to have pretty good games um you know will anderson jr he's going to be going against charles cross who has emerged as one of the best you know left tackles in the in the country and so from an nfl evaluation standpoint i guarantee you anybody that you know scouts and everything else they're going to be watching charles cross versus will anderson jr a lot uh on saturday and then on the opposite side just from a, an alabama fans perspective you got dallas turner a true freshman you're kind of wondering what you get out of him with Alabama's defense being so flustered last week, it was kind of tough to pay you know attention to, to Dallas Turner. But in this kind of game, I think Alabama fans will have a, a much better opportunity to do that. And he's you know mostly going to be going against Scott Lashley, the former Alabama right. offensive tackle who is starting at right tackle for the Bulldogs. Um, so that will be a fun matchup to watch. True freshman who you want to keep your eyes on, see how he's progressing versus a former Alabama offensive tackle who's now playing at Mississippi State. So. Um, watching the, the the trenches, you know, just those two tackles. And then also on the opposite side of the football, too, we're, if we're talking about, you know, focusing on the trenches, um, you know, just watching Alabama's interior offensive line 
go against Cameron Young. Um, they kind of have a three-man front in their base, but they do a lot of four-man front stuff as well. Uh, they can, just depending on how they align. But Cameron Young has been by far, in my opinion, their best defensive lineman this year. He's a great run stopper, you know, 6'3", 310 pounds. And, and he's a huge reason why Mississippi State's defense is averaging allowing less than 100 yards per game. They're second in the SEC uh, behind Georgia. And I think some of that has been just the opponents because Texas A&M was able to establish a run game against them. And I think Alabama will be able to as well and then play, you know, Bryce Young off of that. But um, watching Darian Dalcourt and JVN Cohen and, and Emil Ikior Jr., all three of those guys have played well at times and struggled at times. And so watching them try to handle uh, a very good interior defensive lineman in Cameron Young that's another matchup that I'm looking at. So the trenches on both sides of the ball, it's, it's going to be a fun weekend to watch. Yes. And, um, you know, traditionally Mississippi state's just a big physical team always has been uh, leech sort of, you know, the, the ultimate kind of West coast type, uh, you know, spread attack might be changing their, their personality a little bit, but, uh, but it's always tough, you know, and, and we got some ghosts in Starkville. The last time we were over there, we lost, the quarterback, and uh, I don't think any of us will ever forget that afternoon. I, I don't. I doubt many Alabama fans remember many details of that game, other than the fact Tua was so seriously injured, and and that's what happened on the uh, the last trip over to Starkville. So, uh, got to exercise some demons there. Uh, reminds me, you know, of Bryce in this game. To me, it's about making decisions. Um, I think Bryce is, is exceptionally well. The criticism this week about Bryce just boggles my mind. I, I, I don't know. I, I suppose somebody somewhere out there thinks Tom Brady sucks, so I don't know why it ever bothers me. But, but you know, I, I, Bryce, he's not just playing well for a sophomore who's only played six games. He's playing well for a college football quarterback. He, he's one of the ten best. I mean, who do these people want to trade Bryce for? Uh I, I mean, Matt Corral, I, I get that. Uh, for for what, know. half a season? Because you get Bryce for the next, you know, at least a year and a half. You know, I'd rather exactly. have Bryce. Exactly. And Matt's been a college quarterback for four years, and he's been starting for two and a half years. Um, you know, so Bryce has played great. What Bryce needs to clean up is some decision-making. And I think when some people hear that, they think that I'm complaining that Bryce didn't run the ball enough. That's not it at all. Frankly, it's up to me. Bryce had never run the ball. <laughs> but what I'm saying is uh, uh, RPOs, people think of RPOs as the ball is snapped, the quarterback reads a safety or a linebacker defensive end and decides to keep the ball or throw it or, or pitch it. RPO is also this. You can come to the line of scrimmage with two plays. I can run it here. I can throw it here. And the quarterback calls that play at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure Bryce is always batting a thousand, you know, when it comes to that. And and, and that comes with experience. Uh, that and and it, it just comes with being an extension of the coach on the field. And there's no way in, in, in just six games we should expect Bryce to bat a thousand when it comes to that. But in the end, I think in terms of of a better performance from Bryce and the offense, uh, it is really about his decision-making, which should improve week to week, experience to experience. The more mistakes he made, the less mistakes he should make going forward as he learns. So uh, I think we're going to see a good performance from Bryce. Uh, Mississippi State is not as good defensively as Texas A&M. They don't have the athletes that Florida has defensively. Alabama scored 31 points offensively on the road in both of those games. 
I'll be very disappointed if they don't hit that floor of 31. And I'd actually like to see a little bit more from the offense. Last week it was 522 yards. Personally, I think if you rack up 522 yards, you should have closer to 40 points. And that's what I'd like to see Saturday out of Bryce in the offense. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and the way that Mississippi State runs their defense, you know, with that three-three-five stack, um, you know, it, it presents some challenges, but it also presents some opportunities. And the way that they're going to work, you know, with the with that style of defense is, you know, your Sam linebacker is like six-two, like two hundred and sixty plus pounds, and, and he's a guy that can walk up on the line of scrimmage. And now you're in a four-man front, you're in a four-two, uh, you know, at, at that point with with your two uh, standard linebackers. Um, so I mean, there's some opportunities, you know, at Mississippi State's defense, like I said. On paper, they've been very good against the run, and I think that Alabama is very weary of that. And but you know, with what they do as far as the back half of their defense, um, you know, it, I think that Alabama, you know, particularly for Bryce Young, he's going to have an opportunity to have you know a, a much more a much bigger impact on this game. Now he did last week too, you know. I, I mean, and I I agree with you. I still don't understand the criticism. I mean, you know, guys don't drop balls, and he's throwing for 400 plus yards and four touchdowns. Still threw for 369 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and I mean, you know, I was actually talking to somebody um, in the know, um, and, and I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But you know, I was I was talking to him, and you know, they were talking about Bryce Young missing some throws, and they're like, "Hey, man, I was watching the the, the Bills Chiefs game, you know, just a couple of nights ago, and and Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen were both missing throws too. I mean, we act like that these elite quarterbacks can't miss throws." And yet when, when Bryce does it, and I understand that the deep ball, you know, he hadn't been as consistent at that. This is more of a bigger picture thing, but how, how often does he nosedive passes? You know, that, it's like he does that one time, and all of a sudden that's one of the things that people are now criticizing, criticizing him for is, oh, he, he nosedives passes. He did that one time, and I've seen plenty of other quarterbacks do the same. I mean, it, it, so, I mean, stop taking, you know, a, a, an outlier and making it the norm. Um, but I do think that, that Saturday is going to present him with some opportunities to put the team on his back. Um, you know, Mississippi State's offense and the way they're going to be attacking Alabama's defense, whether they have success doing it or not, is, is you know, one thing. But I think the mentality offensively going in for Alabama is this Mississippi State offense is capable of, of presenting some challenges and scoring some points. So we need to be putting up some points as well. So I think they're going to be cutting things loose and throwing some things around with Bryce and allowing him, you know, in the passing game to, you know, kind of get some confidence back uh, after last week. And it's not really Bryce from Bryce's perspective outside of maybe that interception, um, but it's more so from the pass catchers and just getting them back involved, letting them get confident in their hands again and, and getting the whole ball rolling. Because right now, if you're, you know, Brian Robinson Jr., you're awfully confident after the last two weeks. You know, if you're the run game, um, you're, you're pretty confident after the last two weeks. Now it's a matter of getting that passing game back on track consistently and, and getting everything, you know, like I said, it's all about riding the ship this week and, and doing the things that you need to do. And so I think that's going to be pretty important for Alabama. So I completely agree. Um, I think that, you know, uh, this is a game for Bryce where he can kind of, he's still considered, I guess, the Heisman Trophy favorite in a lot of places, but this is a chance for him to put up big numbers on the road in a hostile environment against a good, uh, I, I say good, you know, a, a, a above, an above average football team. Uh, in my opinion, to Mississippi State, and you know, start to get some of the spotlight back a little bit. Yeah, he's uh, he's still in the race. Uh, I, I think what it's going to take, you know, he's got also got a heck of an opportunity. Assuming Alabama wins out, which is a hell of an assumption, I say that because the, the Alabama team that played last week against Texas A&M would 
likely lose more games in the regular season. But assuming some improvement in Alabama plays well and Bryce sticks around in the race, he's he would have a massive matchup with Georgia on Saturday before the Heisman ballots start getting mailed. I mean, he will be on the biggest platform uh, to impress the voters uh, when it comes to voting time. So, you know, uh, Bryce just needs to stay in the race, stay within shouting distance, and then have his best Saturday of the year against Georgia at the end, and he could realistically win this thing. But it's going to take him sticking around, avoiding the terrible game. See, that's Bryce lost, and sometimes that means, hey, you're out, your team lost. But Bryce, Bryce barely fell back. Uh, as a result of this game because his numbers were good and only Alabama fans were complaining about Bryce's performance. The national media was not. They were still impressed by Bryce Young. So now Bryce has some company. Uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State having an outstanding year. Bijan Robinson, the running back at Texas. Matt Corral, Ole Miss still having a great year. I, th- I think that looks to be his main competition at this point. But uh, But we're just at the halfway point. And as crazy as the first half was, the second half will be even crazier because now teams are losing more and more guys. Everyone's depth is being tested. I always say, Clint, in college football, uh, some good teams lose in September and uh, a lot of good teams lose in October and everyone loses in November. <laughs> that's, that's what I say every year. And we're just now getting to the losing. Uh, and, and, and a lot of that's because now you're in the throat of your conference schedule while at the same time you're getting guys banged up and you're losing guys. And, and very few teams have great depth. Um, and, and, you know, that that's what's going to be tested for everybody. We see what's happened to LSU. They're having one star player after another drop just this week. And uh, that's sort of typical of what happens in college football. So this, to me, is not the opportunity to prove, hey, look, maybe Alabama is good enough to beat Georgia. Georgia has nothing to do with anything Saturday. It is just Mississippi State beating a good Mississippi State team on the road. I know Mississippi State isn't good compared to Georgia, but they're good compared to everyone who plays Power 5 college football. And uh, there's a quality opponent, so it's a great chance to improve. And that just needs to be the buzzword for now. When is the last time that Alabama was kind of the, the, the team that – when's the last time they were the underdog i guess is, is what i'm saying you know um the little vegas underdog yeah well, i mean or or just the way that people were viewing them maybe they were favored by a couple of points but everyone's like i think i think the other team's gonna win um i'll tell you i tell you what it was for me and i think alabama may have been favored somehow some way but for me uh 2017 clemson in the semifinal which was right after the loss to auburn and Jalen was the quarterback, and a lot of people wanted Tua to play, and Tua was actually prepared to play in the game. But Alabama beat Clemson in New Orleans, and uh, I don't know that a lot of Alabama fans remember, but the majority of Alabama fans did not believe we were going to win that game. Uh, I I forget what the Vegas line was. It might have been Alabama by one or two, but the majority of Alabama fans were like, there's no way. We lost to Clemson the year before. We just lost to Auburn the week before, and Jalen hadn't played well. Uh, I, I know that 2017 game, I certainly felt like an underdog. I, I, I think you'd have to go back that far. I think the last time I can tell you that Alabama was an underdog was the Georgia game in 2015, which may have been the week after uh, the loss to Ole Miss. 
and and that was the Jake Coker team. But Alabama went to Georgia and, and sort of beat their ass. Well, for me, and I don't I don't remember the line. I don't remember uh, you know a lot of things as far as going in. But I just remember that feeling. Twenty nineteen LSU game um, is one where you know I think right. that a lot of Bama fans maybe you I think everybody was confident in Alabama's ability to maybe win the game, but I don't think anybody thought you know, Alabama is, is definitely the favorite here and really should be. Um, that was pretty much a toss up and that's the closest that I can get to it. Um, you know, I think if, if it's very possible and I'll be curious to see how it plays out. If it does play out this way, there's still so much between now and then that has to happen. And for, for Alabama's sake, they don't need to be worrying about any of this stuff that we're talking about right now. They need to be worried about Mississippi state. They need to be worried about themselves and getting better each and every week. But you know, that we're allowed to look ahead a little bit. And, and if Alabama were to get right and, and get things back on track, I would be curious to see how they were viewed against Georgia because I feel like that they would go into that SEC championship game. Um, at, you know, maybe Vegas would say it's, it's Alabama. You know, we, we can justify making them a small favorite over Georgia, even if Georgia's undefeated. I don't necessarily know that that would be the case. In fact, I doubt it. But just saying that I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. But the point being is, is I mean, well, an, an Alabama team that's got something to prove like that being considered an underdog in the past, they've done very well with that. And it's just, it's been a very long time. Um, but you know, for Bryce young, I think, you know, if you're an Alabama fan, you want JT Daniels back for that sec championship game. Cause watching Bryce young go head to head with JT Daniels in front of a bunch of Heisman viewers, I think would be, you know, watching that battle if Bryce could come out on top, that would be considered, you know, kind of a Matt Corral, Bryce Young, and, and that ended up not living up to the hype um, because of the way that Ole Miss played Bryce and because of the way, you know, Alabama's defense played against Matt Corral. But, you know, for this game, if you got Bryce Young going against Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, even if he looks way better by comparison, it's like, yeah, it's a former walk-on against the former five-star. I mean, big surprise, right. but... JT Daniels and the way he's perceived, if he was back healthy and he was playing well, that would be a quarterback battle that, you know, if, if Alabama and Bryce Young could outduel uh, Georgia, then I think that would look very favorably when it came to, to Heisman voters. But like I said, Heisman way down the line, uh, Georgia way down the line. Um, it's really about the now. And, and Alabama is in a position like we've you know said many times already to write the ship this week and that's what it's about and and looking sharp not just winning the football game but looking like a team that cares the the leadership um it, from what nick saban has been saying it seems like it's starting to you know uh stand up a little bit you've got some new guys that are you know demanding uh to, to play to the alabama standard and and now it's a matter of okay those guys spoke up they've you know demanded excellence if Alabama doesn't give it to us uh you know to fans to viewers to whoever on Saturday that's a huge concern so uh do you have any final thoughts about Mississippi State and uh and Alabama and kind of anything that you're looking for this week anything that you're expecting um you know because like I said Alabama's a 17 point favorite they're a three score favorite you have already said you feel like Alabama can win by three scores and and you know, just spoiler alert, I think they can too. Um, but, you know, anything else to add? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, picking a score of 38-17, which is really a 21-point win. Uh, but but what I'm expecting, uh, and, and I guess we could even say hoping, because it has to be a hope after last week, again, just a cleaner performance, fewer penalties, no turnovers, good tackling. I think that's all it takes. That's all it, fewer penalties, good tackling, no turnovers, that that wins the game and probably wins the game 
easily. Uh, and I say that knowing Mississippi State is a good team. I do think we underestimate Mississippi State a lot of times because traditionally they're not one of the strongest programs in the SEC. But that may be the case. But Mississippi State's usually competitive. And this year they almost beat LSU. They did beat Texas A&M. They did beat NC State. Again, by the way, I was convinced NC State was going to win 21-3 to and Mississippi State won the game. So this is a good football team on the road at night in a harsh environment. While that should scare us based on what we've seen, it's also a hell of an opportunity, a hell of an opportunity to show that we're better than what we showed in College Station, and that's what I think is going to happen. In the past, when Alabama has, you know, suffered a loss and they felt disrespected, you know, what, what's always been the thing? Ooh, I would hate to be Mississippi State this week. And normally, in the past, Mississippi State would be catching a beating. And I'm not just talking about a beating. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about ending the program type of beating. Um, put them out of their misery. You know, old yeller, take them out back. Uh, and, and so, if you don't see that or anything close to it, I think that's a, a change of mentality with the Alabama program. I think that that will speak to the team in general. I guess that's the best way that I can put it. I've tried to say that in other ways. And and that's just, you know, the, the best way that I can stress it to other people is, is it, it can't just be a victory against Mississippi state. It, it's gotta be a, uh, you know, wow. The, you know, we, we, man, uh, awoken the, the, the sleeping giant. I mean, Alabama's pissed off and I would hate to be on their schedule in the next couple of weeks. I mean, that's what you need to see. Um, and if you don't see it, at least to some degree, I think it's a concern. But, you know, Mississippi State, I got to give them credit. You know, I, I'm, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Will Rogers. You know, I think he's extremely underrated. Uh, you know, he doesn't average, you know, from a yards per attempt perspective, he doesn't average a ton, you know, like 6.6 .6 yards. I think the last time I looked, uh, it was 6.6. .6, but that, to me, is a lot more of a product of, you know, their their short passing game is their running it's game. Their run game. That's right. And so, you know, that's, that's, it's not really that he's, you know, just thinking and dunking everything. He can throw the short to intermediate stuff. He can throw the deep stuff. You know, they can hit some big plays. Um, so I'm a huge fan of him. I'm, I'm a big fan of some of these weapons on offense for Mississippi State. I like Charles Cross, like I said. I think Scott Lashley's playing pretty well. Um, you know, the running backs, they're not going to be bangers between the tackles, but they're great receiving backs, and so they fit that offense. And so, like I said, it, they'll present challenges both, you know, offensively and defensively for Alabama, and it's a matter of responding. And you've heard Nick Saban use that word respond or responding about 27,000 times this week. And so that, if you're an Alabama fan, that's what you're looking out for. Um, so that's going to do it for today's episode. I've had a ton of fun. I feel like, you know, we got a nice little preview uh, for, for fans to listen to. And, and hopefully, you know, we get, here, get in here on Monday and we go to do a, a review of the game. And, and we the first thing that we say is, hey, they responded. They did what they needed to do. And if they don't, then this is going to be quite the interesting uh, episode on Monday. So either way, fans need to be watching out for that and stay in tune. So, Jimmy, once again, as always, I appreciate you hopping on here with me, buddy. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody. I hope everybody subscribed to the On3 uh, Bama site. And, uh, and if you do, you get to read all the On3 content, not just the On3 Bama stuff but uh we're growing it's getting better uh the message board better all the time uh there's great content all over the site from some of the best national and regional writers in the country and uh of course we're we will we will be the industry leader in following college football recruiting so uh hope everybody pays their 10 bucks for the year 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and if it's been a slow process and, and Shannon Terry, um, the CEO, he's talked about this on Twitter. There is so much, so much coming in the coming months. Um, you know, just from a building perspective and, and what we have planned, the recruiting database is well on its way. It should be available. I think it's either at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. I think it might be the beginning of November. Um, but just, I mean, it's going to be incredible. I mean, people are going to love it. And, and now's the time to get in because once all that stuff starts rolling out, that's when that price is going to go back to a normal price, but you get yourself locked in for a year for $10. I mean, you know, uh, you're talking about being midway through next year's college football season before you even have to worry about the subscription. And by that point, you're going to love it so much. I mean, honestly, uh, I don't even think it's going to matter what, what, uh, on three's charging, which is not going to be a lot, but point being is, is the content you're going to be getting is going to be the, the best bang for your buck in the entire business. I guarantee it. Um, so that's going to be fun. I'm, you know, doing my part. Jimmy's doing his part. So we're having a blast doing it. And I think that's the number one thing is we're just having so much fun, you know, hopping on here and talking Alabama, um, you know, me getting to write about it on, you know, an article form, you getting to do it on the message boards. We're just having fun, man. We're very fortunate to get to do what we do, and we couldn't do it without the people that are listening to this show, the people that are hopping on and reading the message boards and reading the articles. You guys are what make it everything you know work, and so we appreciate you guys so much. You're such a part of this community, and we're just happy to be a part of it with you guys. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys soon. This has been the Bam on 3 Show. I'm your host, Clint Lamb, sitting in here with Jimmy Stein. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.